HFFL, welcome back. Rich, I got Rich on with me today. Rich, how you doing? What's up, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just uh, trying to finish up this work week, getting ready for Memorial Day weekend. So doing good, man. I am I am so excited to be back on the pod. It's been, I think, five months for me, close to it anyway. Uh, I think the last pod I did was with uh, Julian and Ryan in the car, <laughs> championship week. And it's just been... Uh, been rough a lot of grad school but uh in honor of kellen we're back oh we that was a hard crack too let's go <laughs> we're back we are ready four weeks and i'm home free but yeah so uh rich and i we got together here we're going to go over the uh, 2021 season very briefly we'll discuss our uh, top 25 assets for the 2022 season and also for dynasty um, we'll talk a little bit of uh, diamond and the rough rookies and then we're going to look at our gm of the year for the actual nfl draft so um, I did want to start out a little bit just with some brief housekeeping. Um, we are starting to get into our little off-season window here. Um, I do have some, some things we're going to bring up. Um, most specifically would just be like the, the rule change period. Um, so this year, the way we're going to kind of go about it is we're going we're gonna to submit rules earlier. We're going to debate the rules. We're going to talk about the rules. We'll have everything kind of set out ahead of time. So the, what I'm thinking is basically gonna, you're going to have a proposal, right? We're going to put your proposal on the message board. We'll do a podcast, of course, on the proposals, you know, and then after, let's say, a select date, there will be no more proposals accepted. All right. So let's say there's a two week window to submit a proposal. OK, then we'll have two weeks. We're going to debate them. We're going to talk about them. We're going to go back and forth on them. Everybody's going to get their chance to get their say in. Like I'm sure the group chat will be going crazy. It'll be fun. So in that time, Jimmy, will you have time to then take that feedback and modify your rule change before voting? I don't see why not. You know, if we come up with something that's, you know, if it's like, uh, for example, I proposed a rule and then you come up with something, you're like, hey, well, what about this? And like, you know what? I never thought of that. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. think it has to be a hard and fast thing. Right. So what or I'm even if or even if like, yeah, hey, look, I'd vote for it if it were this way. And if right. you agree with that, then maybe you want to add that and you can get the votes. Because I feel like we ran into that a lot last year with voting is, right. you know, I didn't like this one thing about it, so I didn't vote for it. But like had it been a little bit differently, majority of the league maybe would have went along with it or voted right. it down had they thought something else. So. And that's kind of my hope for having the initial period where it's like, all right, we have two weeks. Mm -hmm. Propose what you want to propose. We're going to hash it out. At the end of two weeks, everything's due. And once it's due, that's it. We're done. Then we'll yeah. talk about it for another couple of weeks. Everybody will get a chance to think on it, sleep on it, do whatever they want to do. I know, for example, like one of the things Scott wants to bring up is he wants to put an idea in place where if someone proposes a rule, it takes at least one year before that rule takes into, into effect. It's something that he's been pushing for a couple of years. What he's saying absolutely makes sense to me. I, I certainly see both sides, and that's something that we will definitely argue back and forth on, all of us. But I want us to have the opportunity to everybody sees it, everybody discusses it, and it's not like, okay, you have literally five days of this rule change period. Take it or leave it. I want it to be more right. open, and, and at the end of the day, you know what you're voting for. There's no questions asked. So I'm, right. I'm going to try to make that as seamless and as simple as possible. And it's, and it's just going to be over the course of probably, frankly, three, four weeks. And it's just going to be something we're just talking about. You know, talking about, talking about North, uh, Scott's idea, you know, I think that makes sense because if you put a rule, in, rule change, like we added that flexibility last year. Mm -hmm. And if you wait a year for that to 
go into effect, you have time to then try to position your team to meet that now new roster flexibility. So, For sure. you know, something that drastic, I think it does make sense to, to wait a year. And, and the counterpoint of that is if that rule is in place, then a team that's, that's rebuilding, for example, has a year to sell off whatever assets they want to sell off while a team like say for myself, if I'm trying to compete and you're trying to rebuild, like last year you were selling Zeke, obviously Zeke is more valuable to someone who has that flexibility and they're trying to win a title. Whereas you, it, and I'm talking myself in circles here because now, now as I'm saying it out loud, it it does make sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just something, I guess I've always been against it because I feel like you could game it in that exact example. Like if you're not competing, you're going to, basically use the rule to your advantage because you know you can do better in the future by giving Mm -hmm. away now and if you're in the now and you want to win right now today you can kind of take advantage because well it's the same it's the same decision we have all the time right right is plan for next season or try to win now so no matter what the rules say or whatever we're doing with the rules next year Mm -hmm. you either have a choice to try to win now or plan for next year yeah so i think it's the same option you have every year no matter what and you may well be right I'm excited yeah. to hear what the league has to say and just to hear everybody's perspectives. You know, it, that's one thing that mm-hmm. I have definitely been trying to you know, work on personally for myself is to not be so hard line and hard fast on everything to hear every yeah. perspective, to not just be, no, I like it this way, blah, 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 blah. No, like my way is not the best way. We are a league as a whole. I really like hearing everyone's opinions, you know, getting to hear all those sides of the story that you hadn't really thought about. Um, that's, that's really something I want to continue to work on. And I think as a league, we can definitely do that. So um, I'm going to put together, uh, like kind of a list here of what I'm looking for. And I'll get that out to everybody here probably in the next week or two. All right. To your point, Jimmy, about, you know, being able to talk about things. I think that this podcast, having active league, league members, the, the activity in the league, the chat, I think that all really helps that. So. Oh yeah, no doubt. And it's been a hell of a lot of fun. That to me is that's has been sure. the most fun part of it all. You get to engage with each other. Um, you know, we're kind of building more of a bond like you and I, for example, we've been texting for years. I mean, we texted probably for, months straight over Allen Robinson and Christine Michael trades over the years. Like that's just, yes. <laughs> it's just who, what it ended up being, but having this conversation, like you and I have been able to connect them just so much more and, and just get a, a deeper understanding of how we think about this. So it's just mm-hmm. been a lot of fun for me specifically just to, to get to know everyone better. I've really enjoyed it. All right. So 2021 season recap, who was your biggest surprise last year, Rich? All right. Uh, my biggest surprise had to be trusted process and Corey. Um, I, I think everybody had him in the toilet bowl, you know, one or two wins, maybe uh, didn't see the seven wins coming and especially not a playoff run. Um, you know, I think what made him kind of drove him to that success, you know, he had second ranked defensive scoring unit through the first 14 weeks, which really powered him to get into the playoffs. He also had just note, Jimmy, he also had the third highest place kicker. <laughs> High scoring place kicker, which I think, you know, might have something that maybe squeaked out an extra win there. So, you know, and, and, and honestly, the difference between top teams, um, you know, uh, you know, Scott kicking, you know, um, kicking him wise down and, and uh, you know, um, about uh, his team and, and him really bouncing back and, and, you know, beating him this year. And I think it was, uh, it was fun to watch. It was fun to see. So, um, but uh other than that, I think he had, he had kind of a middle-of-the-road, mediocre offensive positions, um, but he's uh, definitely um, young and, and has some, some things to build on in the future. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I think we'll have some, uh, some players on these lists today 
that trust the process has. I, I know I have quite a few specifically, especially on my dynasty list. You know, he's got the, the who's who of dynasty guys. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, for me, me, it, it was Kellen. He thought he was in a rebuilding year. I mean, he was literally tanking at the beginning of the year. I had to call him out on the pod, like, dude, get Najee off your taxi squad. What are you doing? You're like two and oh, come on, let's, let's go. And obviously he gets hot in the playoffs. Joe Burrow just goes insane. Uh, smart chase insane you know he had a hell of a run there so kudos to him you know it's the first time i've i think i've recognized him on here as the champ you know he's he's let me know quite a few times but uh good for him man i think it's uh i think it's good for the league honestly to have a new champion someone different um and i'm I, frankly i kind of hope if it's not me i hope it's somebody new this year all right what about your uh, most disappointing team of the year yeah, so for me, it's it's Brendan's team. Um, I think you and I were on the preseason pod talking really highly about his team. I think I had him somewhere around 11 wins. Um, instead, we get five this year. Um, I think a lot of that was contributed by some key injuries, such as DK, uh, J.K. Dobson, uh, underperforming guys like CEH and Kelvin Ridley with his gambling slash mental breakdown <laughs> slash whatever the hell's going on over there. Um, basically he didn't have a tight end on his roster. I mean, you can't count the 60 points of two tight ends that he has. Um, but there, he had some, he had some bright spots, uh, on defense for sure with, uh, Warner, Duggar and Garrett. Um, so there's that, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not quite sure what he has planned going forward. I think his team has had some bad luck, had some players get exposed for maybe not being as good as we thought they would be. Um, he does have a, a late first and some mid-round picks here. I think he could be on the verge of trying to, you know, bail on some kind of broken investments and go for like maybe a mini restructure. I think he could be poised, you know, and it would really help his team if he could, you know, not quite rebuild but a facelift of sorts um, and, you know, kind of try to trust some of these guys that haven't really been able to, you know, show themselves. Yeah, no, I actually um... – I thought the low-hanging fruit was Scott. Obviously, nobody – I don't think anyone in the league, except for maybe the caveman, he'd probably tell you that he did. Um, I don't think anybody saw that coming. You know, and then he has the slow start, and he just completely dismantles the team, blows it up with – you know, and now he's got just a crazy amount of, of draft capital going mm -hmm. forward. Um, it helps when you trade a linebacker, Joey Bosa, to a dumbass like me for a first. You know, I just – I'm still still real salty about the uh, MFL position changes this year, but it is what it is. It's been a problem in this league for a long time. I don't know how to fix it, frankly. You know, that's hopefully something that as a league we figure out, but it's something we haven't been able to figure out in the last 15 years. So I highly doubt it's going to get figured out here. But, but yeah, I had yeah. Brendan as well. Um, obviously, the Dobbins injury right off the bat, bad omen for him. I personally spent a ton for Calvin Ridley in a league that didn't work out. Uh, Ryan's laughing to the bank on that one. You know, I was, uh, Ryan would also tell you that I had CEH's dick so far down my throat. I couldn't see mm -hmm. anything. He's 100% correct. You know, I had, I was going to draft Clyde over Jonathan Taylor. I offered yes. Jonathan Taylor in a third for Clyde in a second, or no, the other way around. Jonathan Taylor in a second for Clyde in a third multiple times to Brendan. And he declined. Uh, thankfully he declined, but it just, it just did not work out for him this year. Um, obviously, just everyone. Antonio lost his mind. The Robert yeah. Tunyon disappearance. I mean, it just, it was just crazy. But obviously Debo going crazy like he did, that presents some opportunity there. David Montgomery is still going to be a high-end running back too. Jalen Hurts showed some life. Josh Allen is incredible. I love what he's got on defense with Miles Garrett. 
Nick Bolton looked amazing last year. Fred Warner's great. So, I mean, he's got – he certainly has potential going forward, um, and, and I'll probably be expecting high things again here from him this year. So, should be interesting to see going forward. Um, anything else you want to add on 2021 before we finish up here? Yeah, I think there's I think there's lots to be said for the scoring this year. Um, I think that we should think really hard about, and I'm not just talking about the scoring system, but targeting this new standard for your team uh, and the roster flexibility. I think, you know, the roster flexibility puts a whole new paint job on strategy. So for those of us that had it figured out with the 2-3 system, now I think there's been a kind of a split in the league when you look at it playing the 1-4 you know, as opposed to the traditional two, three, or, or trying to stock up on running backs and running that three, two. Um, I think a lot of the teams that made it to the playoffs and did, were successful this year, had the one stud running back and were able to have a deep wide receiver bench. So I think it's going to be interesting going forward into next season, how people try to strategize and, and use that, you know, what the optimal week in and week out flexibility setting is going to be. Yeah, so, so kind of to, to talk on that point, I did keep a little bit of data throughout the year last year. Um, I did certainly did not do as much as I normally would like to do. Um, grad school has dominated my life. But um, so on the whole, last year, I counted every regular season game, and then I counted the playoff games where I knew people were actually setting a legitimate lineup. The amount of teams that started one running back, four wide receiver, one tight end was 24% of the time. So over the course of the year, through every single starting lineup, I believe there's 222 total. 24% of those were one four ones. The traditional two three one that we where it came from was 60% of the time. The three running back, two wide receiver, one tight end formation was ran 12% of the time. Two running back, two wide receiver, two tight end was run 3% of the time. And there was one instance of a team running one running back, three wide receiver, two tight ends. Shout out to Ryan. I'm pretty positive. Yeah, it was. It was Ryan. So um just to, to your point, you know, that's something that we certainly need to delve into a little bit more. I think that would be a nice, fun pod for you and I to geek out on one of these days, just to really mm. dive into that, those numbers. Um, but interesting, just interesting to know that 60% of the time teams ran the original formation. Now, the argument there for me, the obvious one is, well, of course they did because they were designed, you know, they, they built their team to run the 2-3-1. It makes the most sense for them to run the 2-3-1. Obviously, the champ, Kellen, ran a one four one 14 times out of his 17 lineup. So maybe there's something to be said there. You know, it'd be interesting to see going forward. I plan to track this just to, just to see, cause it's fun. Um, and yeah. it'll be interesting to see if that becomes a trend or, you know, if it's, well, I, th I think if you have a stud, you know, and studs are few and far between now. Right. Mm -hmm. So good luck trying to find a stud running back who plays three downs. So if you have one of them and you can find a way to use all of your other capital to build out a position that, has potential to score very high and is also very deep. I think that's could be your best bet to build a lineup, not only that will score a lot of points, but will last a little longer as wide receivers have a longer playing life than running backs do. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And then there's obviously the argument that if you can go kind of like Julian is this year, you know, if you have the running backs to run three, that consistency and that point floor from those guys, in addition to the ceiling of an elite running back, that's going to be tough to beat. You know, that's he's luckily for us, he has a ton of holes. So I think a lot of people will be able to survive that onslaught that he'll bring this year, but it's, it's, there's a lot of strategy. I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that's something that you and I need to dig in deeper here going forward. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question with Julian's running backs. I don't think we've seen anything like this since no. Scott was running out what he was running out a couple of years ago with Saquon Kamara and um, Kareem, right? Yeah. And Kareem. And even, 
and that that you know probably since you know Matt was dominant with MJD Ray Rice and Jamal Charles I don't think we've seen her I think this is the best since Matt personally I was so who's he got Derrick Henry Kamara and Dalvin I mean that that's way better than what Scott and, had and, and Josh Jacobs oh yeah coming off the bench Josh Jacobs so yeah, I mean, to me, that's the best sense since Matt was rolling out those three. And obviously back then you couldn't start all three. So Matt was just sitting a guy on his bench, just living large. Mm-hmm. But, same, so same with Scott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, crazy. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, so we'll move on to the top 25 for 2022. Um, Rich and I approached this a little bit differently, so I'll go ahead and let him lead off with his 25th player, and he can kind of explain his process as well. Yeah, so when I did my – top 25 for the season. And when we did the dynasty look, I looked at our rosters. I looked at the roster flexibility into account as well as half point per per PPR. Um, But this is for the season. This is the 25th guy that I think is going to be able to, you know, be a marquee player on your team is kind of what I'm looking at. You know, a top one, top two guy. Uh, My guy is Cam Akers uh, for the Rams running back. Um, He is, showed a lot of flashes and toughness coming back from an Achilles tear. Uh, I think he's definitely going to get stronger over the summer and can really be that three down running back uh, in a very explosive offense. Nice. Nice. Um, I do want to apologize to everybody. I forgot to bring my work laptop. So you hear my, my old girl, she's screaming away. She gets a little warm. It's got to kick her fan on. So sorry about that. Uh, for me, I did add quarterbacks. I know you and I kind of discussed this before. Um, you did not, which is, I think, perfectly fine. And I only added three. Um, there were 15 quarterbacks in the top 25. You know, when you look at just point accumulation, obviously with us having five-point passing touchdowns, it's inevitable that quarterbacks are going to be in the top 25 consistently. But I, I just put my top tier in here because I personally do feel they need to be recognized. Uh, so my 25th player was Justin Herbert. Absolutely. He's turned into a monster. I mean, he was a physical freak. He was the, the epitome of the five tool player. You know, he had everything just wasn't there between the ears. Um, it has absolutely come together from day one for him. He has been incredible. I regret trading him. I sold him low um, when I did trade him and I got like a first and a second or a first and two seconds or whatever it was at the time. I felt like I absolutely fleeced Sam. And at the end of the day, Sam's laughing and I look dumb. So what, what do you know there? Whatever. But I do, I'm just going to go ahead with these three. So I did put my top tier quarterbacks just as my 25, 24, 23, just so they were recognized. Uh, so I have Herbert at 25, Mahomes at 24, Allen at 23. So I, I have those guys as the, the top three quarterbacks this year. So go ahead. With so your, Al- go ahead. Al- Allen over Mahomes, huh? I do have Allen over Mahomes just because he still has digs. Uh, I, I think with the consistent, you know, year over year, I know he lost his offensive coordinator, um, I, but he just, he runs more. He still has digs. You know, they added weapons this year. I just think he's he's bit for this year. I'm going to give him the nod, and it hurts my soul. Yeah. Well, it really is the rushing touchdowns. I think that yeah. puts him a, a, a cut above mm-hmm. Mahomes there for sure. Um, so you want me to go 23, 24, 24, yeah, 23? Okay, here we go. So I'll go with my number 24 guy. Uh, I think he is, is a little interesting because he's a number two guy on a team, but he's a number two guy on a team with a really good quarterback, and that's T. Higgins. Nice. I think T. Higgins is coming in at 24. He's a young guy, but he's got a ton of speed, explosive, huge wide receiver. Uh, so he gets a lot of jump balls in the end zone. I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns this year. Yeah, I love that. Um, I didn't have him on this list, but I absolutely have him on my dynasty list. Love that pick. And then for 23, yeah, for 23, um, I got Debo Samuel 
so I think Debo probably could be higher here. I just don't know what's going to happen with the contract situation and kind of how he's going to play next year. Is he going to continue to get carries in the backfield? Um, but I wanted to make sure he was on this list. I think he's going to be a, a stud either way. Um, but Debo Samuel at 23. See, and I actually have Debo as my first man out. I had him at 26. And my, the only thing is I just feel like he has some touchdown regression coming on his rushing attempts. So he had a, <laughs> had a touchdown on every 7.4 attempts last year. And the average since 2011 for wide receiver rush attempts, the average touchdown is on 28.4 attempts. Is he that good to be four times better than the average over the last 11 years, 10 years, whatever it is? I, maybe. I just I – just, struggle with that but I, I'm not knocking him the guy's great I, I think even if he doesn't run the ball hurt him a little bit but maybe it helps him maybe they throw more bubble screens I don't know this is what I think is going to happen he's going to get a little bit less wear and tear on him in the backfield they're going to find a way to get on the ball in space uh you know and just like a running play but so he's not like banging helmets with linebackers right, right. so I think they're going to try to you know reduce the wear and tear on him which I think drops him down the list for sure but I think he still makes the top 25 yeah for sure all right, so my 22nd guy, um, I actually kind of did the same thing here, 22, 21, 20. Um, I don't know if – do you have any defenders on your list? No, I went all offense. Okay, he went all offense, so I'm going to go ahead and do three in a row here again. Um, I put my top linebacker that I feel will be the top linebacker this year, top de defensive back that I feel will be for this year, top defensive lineman that I feel for this year, just because when you got that guy that cut above, I think it's a huge advantage defensive, defensively. Um, so I've got Darius Leonard. I think he'll be my linebacker one this year. Derwin James, I think, will be the defensive back one. Aaron Donald, defensive line one. So I got those 20 through 22 there. So why don't you go ahead with your uh, 22nd player? Yeah, just to comment on your – you think Aaron Donald keeps this thing rolling, huh? You don't think I, anybody's able to touch him? Defensive I tackle. I do. He's, he's incredible. I he really do. is. He's, he's I don't want to doubt him because I'm scared of him. <laughs> he, does, he doesn't need to hear me talking about him on the internet. We're, we're all good here. You're great. Yeah, he might be one of the one of the Irish listeners he, with his with his IP address pinging off the towers over there. Um, so uh, yeah, so my twenty uh, second pick is Saquon Barkley. Um, I think Saquon has a bounce back here. I think you know we expected him to come back and, and be a little sluggish. Uh, we know he has the talent to be really good. Um, so I got Saquon at twenty two. I got Javante Williams at twenty one. And Alvin Kamara at 20. Oh, okay. That's So my comments here, Saquon at 22, he's so boomer bust. I know if I were playing redraft, I obviously would probably like to take him in that late second round there at the 22nd pick. You know, it'd probably be a nice value, but it'd be terrifying. It would be terrifying. I think, I think it would be very scary, um, but you you know that you're getting value there. For yeah. him, I mean, sure, you might be able to take, you know, at that point, maybe you take Cam Akers over him, but I think there's still question marks there. So yeah. if you look at, you know, Cam, Higgins, Samuel, they, those guys all have question marks as well, but they have tremendous upside. And I think late second round, you're looking for upside. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Uh, 21, remind me who you had. And Javante Williams. Javante Williams. So this is the one that Corey is going to be upset about. I do not have Javante Williams on my list. I don't – He's. I, I love the addition of Russell Wilson. I love what that team can be. I love the players they have on the perimeter. But he's splitting with Melvin Gordon. Frankly, I, Melvin Gordon is a good player still. He's not washed up. I don't know that Melvin can be that 1A 
insane top five guy. That's not at all what I'm saying. But when you know right off the bat you're splitting 50-50 with somebody, like that to me makes it tough. I don't think think that's going to happen. I I, I think by, you know, week three, week four, we're seeing a 60-40-70-30 split. I think he's going to run away with the starting job there. And that's and that's exactly where Corey is. And I just I just can't get there. I just can't do it. Um, and he may he may. I just think Melvin is is too good to fall to a thirty percent roll. You know, and if Melvin gets forty percent and the goal line touches, that's a problem. You know, it's it's hard to make that top twenty five when when you're not the man. You know, it's just it's tough. And then yeah, 20, we'll see. Twenty eight Kamara. Twenty eight Kamara. I I feel like it's kind of low. Um, you want to elaborate a little bit? I think, let me look really quick just to find where I have Camara. I got him at 10. So we have a, we have a dis- bit of a discrepancy here. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I could go into the guys above them, but you know, I think I don't know. So the reason I have him at 10, I have him at 10. Cause I, I think he's going to get back to you getting dump offs. I know Jameis traditionally hasn't been a dump off kind of guy, but who knows what you're getting out of Michael Thomas. Chris Olave is a rookie. I'm a big fan of Adam Troutman, but he is still just a third-year tight end. Yeah. There's just – I worry about it. I'm really starting to worry about his durability. Yeah, and that's fair. I think so, fair I mean, I, I think the guys above him are going to be more dependable options. Okay. So, I was looking for dependability on the top end, guys that have question marks but huge feelings on the bottom end of my list. Okay. I think that's very fair. All right. Who do you got at 19? All right, let me, you know, let's, I like this going three in a row here. Okay. So let's keep it rolling. Let's do 19, yeah, like 18, 17. So at 19, I have Devontae Adams. Okay. Um, stud, new offense, new quarterback. We'll see what happens. Tyreek Hill, stud, new quarterback, new offense. We'll see what happens. Um, and then this may also be a little, this may also be low, um, but it is half point PPR. I have Derrick Henry. Oh, wow. Down at 17. Ooh, okay. So that's spicy. I like that. El- elaborate on that before we go back to the other two here. Um, yeah. You can only get 400,000 carries a season before <laughs> it starts to, you know, uh, wear on you. And I t- trust me, Derek Henry, if you're listening, I know you keep yourself in impeccable shape. I'm also very scared of you as well because you're a monster. But <laughs> I don't, he's 28 years old. I don't know how long he can keep this going. I mean, we've seen last year him get, you know, have that ankle injury, tried to come back from it, couldn't quite do it. So for me, it's just, you know, huge upside. There's injury concerns. There's durability concerns um, that I have with Derrick Henry that, that puts him down there. And plus, you know, he doesn't, he catches a decent amount of balls, but not enough to really contribute in the PPR sense. No, and I, and I think that's fair. Um, I have Derrick Henry substantially higher. Um, I have Derrick Henry at number one. Uh, out of the bag there. And I think, honestly, I think this is their their last hurrah. I think they put everything they got into this year and they run him into the ground. And if he if he can, and I assumed that everyone's healthy. I, you know, I don't know how else to, to make a list like this. And if Derrick Henry yeah. plays 17 and he gets oh. fed, like I think he's going to get fed. I mean, that's, he, he's looking at oh. 400 touches and he's just yeah. going to be incredible. Well, and look, look. Game two, three, four, five, yeah. six last year, 182, 113, 157, 130, 143. Right. So if he's healthy and he's getting the rock, but we've seen it happen, right? We've seen him get hurt. We've seen him, we've seen him start to wear down mid-season. Yep. I, I just don't think he can keep it up this year. And I, I think that's fair. So at 19, you had Devontae Adams. 
Um, I also have Adams. I have him at 11, though. I couldn't drop him any lower than that just because I, even with the new quarterback, the new situation, there's definitely more targets to other players. Darren Waller is probably better than anybody else on Green Bay at this point in time. But I still think he's a 10-target-a-game guy. Um, I think he's going to get fed. So just just the volume alone, I think, keeps him in that that top 12, that first round, if you will, of, of redraft. So I do have him at there at 11. But I 100% understand, you know, historically speaking, teams that change or players that change teams suffer. You know, their stats suffer. So I, I understand completely why you've got him down here at 19. We both have Tyreek at 18. Um, still mad at the Chiefs. Still mm-hmm. pissed. I spent all this capital to have a stack. Now I have to rely on Nicole or Juju to be my stack, and that is not fun. So I, I never thought a thousand years they trade Tyreek Hill. No, me either. Real pissed at you, Andy Reid. I just uh, why? Why? You know what I mean? Like, do they really think that they have a replacement for a one of a kind player like him? No, I think this is just fallout from signing Pat to a half billion dollar contract. Not everybody's yeah. going to get paid now, so there has to be give and take. So I mean, it just this is the downside. This is why. Not why. Let me let me preface this. This is part of the reason that Tom Brady has always had so much success is that he's willing to actually take less so his team can be better. The true yeah. definition of a team player. When you take well, half the bill, what are you gonna do? Like, yeah, but Tom, Tom, when Tom Brady got married, he he was the one who had less net value. Yeah, so there's, there's no he doubt had about the that. opportunity to get a sugar mama helping him out. You know, so. <laughs> So Jackson's TikTok videos aren't bringing in any money. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't think not as much as Giselle. <laughs> Giselle could do one TikTok and make more than his entire year. Yeah, right. All right. So at 19 for me, I had Keenan Allen. Um, I think he's got a crazy high target floor. I think he's just very safe. Um, he's a guy I would love to have on my team as my wide receiver two, wide receiver one. I think he's got it. Like I said, 18, I got Tyreek. And then at 17, I have uh, Mike Evans. I think he's going to eat early in the year. And I think he's just going to be regular old Mike Evans after that. He'll be right around 11, 1200 yards. 10, 12 touchdowns, ho-hum, Mike Evans. I, he just is what he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had Keenan Allen as my first guy out. Okay. So Keenan Allen almost made the top 25. Uh, Mike Evans, I have at 16. Okay. Um, so he's, again, I, I agree with you. I, I think he's going to put up better numbers than the guys below him. But, um, you know, I think he's, he's just going to do his thing. Um, at 15, I have Joe Mixon. Ooh. And then at 14, C.D. Lamb. Okay. Uh, so I have in this range here. So I actually don't have C.D. Lamb on this list of my 2022 guys. Looking back on it, not sure I agree with myself making the list, but <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. Um, I guess the reason that I don't have him in is in this redraft list specifically, I went kind of running back heavy just because that there's only, there's, there's just a few guys. There's a, there's an absolute tier of guys that are going to get the ball. And if I'm in redraft, I want two or three of those guys. And if I can get them and take my first wide receiver as a fourth rounder, getting like a Keenan Allen or, you know, uh, someone in that vein, I'm going to do it. So that's kind of where my head was. Um, so I, I actually have Travis Kelsey at 16, Aaron Jones at 15, and that's kind of where I am. And then tell me one more time. So CD and who was the other guy? Sorry, I went Evans at 16, Mixon at 15, Lamb at 14. So tell me about Mixon. So I think he's, you know, top 15 guy. I think he, uh, you know, continues to carry the rock there as long as he stays out of trouble and stays healthy. I think he's in for a really good season. Well, I mean, it's been said many times, but we know the man has a hell of an uppercut, right? So we're not worried about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and then, and then for me with that, with Aaron Jones, it's kind of like you're saying with Mixon. I just think that at this point, someone has to make plays in Green Bay. I, I think Aaron Jones is going to see a lot more receiving work this year, just out of necessity, just because they need someone to make plays for them. And I, I think he's going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kelsey, I mean, it kind of goes without saying at this point, you know, he is going to take everything he can eat this year and, and then some. So I, yeah. having Travis Kelsey this year is going to be great. And where do you have him at? I have Kelsey at 16, Aaron Jones at 15. Mm, well, Kelsey, Kelsey is uh, in my top 10. Oh, and, so, and I'm not, remember, I'm not mad. And remember, we're talking, we're talking half point PPR, yes, right? So I, I am not that's mad. another thing I took into account. So, yeah. all right, so we're going to do 13, 11, and 12 before we get into the top 10. Um, okay. This is where at 13, I have Stefan Diggs. Okay. At 12, I have DeAndre Swift. Okay. And at 11, Aaron Jones. Okay, so you're also on the Aaron Jones board here. So you've got Diggs, Swift, Aaron Jones. Um, I did not say my 14th guy. I have Najee at 14, James Conner at 13, Diggs at 12, and uh, Devontae Adams at 11. So um, so for you, we both have Diggs. You have him at 12, or I have him at 12, you have him at 13. Um, 12. Oh, yeah, 13, yeah. Yep. And I, I personally, I think he's just going to get fed. I think he's going to be a very safe guy, a very high ceiling still, incredibly high floor, absolutely guy you'd love to have as your wide receiver one. I tell you what, I I – do not have James Conner on my list. Okay, and, and I'm not mad at that. You know that he's kind of a, a high variance guy. I guess I I just have a lot of faith in the Arizona offense this year, and I, I yeah. think I think I know that's Mike's guy. Mike Mike loves him some James Conner. So yeah, yeah, and, and um, he's, he scores he's a shit ton of touchdowns. Yes, he does, and that offense is going to score points. So, um, and but I but I get it though. I mean, the the history says that he won't play 17. I mean, the history says every running back won't play 17. Let's let's make right. sure. Yeah, I yeah. think there was Be like one guy in the top 15 last year that played 16 games. I mean, it's just not going to happen. When yeah. he's healthy, why- though, James Conner is a guy you want in your lineup. He is, I mean, one of the best bets to score a touchdown outside of you know Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey in the league at this point with that with that offense with the mm-hmm. amount of looks he sees in the top five. I want to say, and I may be misquoting this. I heard this the other day, but he may have been the leader in top five or top five touches among running backs inside the top five. So I mean, the guy is just fed in the red zone, and that's that's what you're looking for. Um, and then you—he doesn't really—he doesn't really have much much competition either at the running no. back position. So no. I think uh, it's, he's clearing away there, number one. So you have so six at twelve. I do. That is I? I not going to lie to you. I didn't put Swift in my top twenty-five. And the reason I didn't is nothing against him. It's that my Lions homerism has burned me so many times that I just, I looked at him and I said, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want, so, so I am, I am not a Lions guy and I, and I haven't been a Swift guy, but the guy played 12 games last year and had 60 catches. Yeah. So, you know, just from a, a value perspective and the fact that he's the best player on that offense, you know, I, I, he's got he's to score points. <laughs> you know, he's going to get the ball a ton. So, for me, it puts him in that volume to talent position, which is right around just outside the top ten, close to, you know, the, the middle of the list. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I'm just still salty about carry on. I want to carry on to be that guy. And I'm just mad. I'm just mad. 
Um, yeah, well, you 11, know, he's from Auburn, so. <laughs> at 11, I had Devontae Adams. We already discussed that. You have Aaron Jones. We already discussed him. Um, so we'll go ahead and move into our top 10. Who are your 10th okay. and ninth guys? My 10th and ninth guy. Okay. Oh, this is such a, a chance, but the ceiling is so goddamn high. Christian McCaffrey comes in at 10. And at number nine, I have Leonard Fournette. Ooh, I'm not going to lie to you. I completely forgot about Fournette. That's just an omission on my part. Yeah, that's a couple of them now. Um, so CMC at 10. I think a lot of people would argue that's low. What do you think about that? The guy Has a guy played more than 10 games in a season yet? The last two years, he has not. Uh, before that, though, he was he was relatively healthy, I believe. I'll look that up, though, while you're yeah. continuing. So, so for me, it's it's just durability concerns, and you know the same with you know guys like Saquon Barkley, who probably is is low on my list, and you know Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry are, are low on my list. I feel like he has the highest ceiling of the guys that kind of fall into that injury concern wear and tear range, um, and I think he has a opportunity to to really do something this year. So, I know I. I, and I think I think into the first round, if he's not taken, you take him there for sure. Oh, so I think you take him and you just you just love it, though. I mean, it's yeah. just anywhere you can get him in that late late area like that, you are just loving life. So actually, before 2020, he played all 16 games all three years. He actually never missed a game until 2020. Mm. He only played three games in 2020. Played seven last year. Um, so he has only played 10 of the last 32. But before that, he had played 48 straight. So. Yeah. Um, and when he did, he's better than anybody in the league. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. If he's on the field, I mean, he's right up there. I just feel it's, it's hard to spend a top five pick on him. Right. Oh, nice. So agree. So Agreed. yeah. But late, late rounds, you know, nine through 12, I can see taking them. So but nine, you a, little bit, net. a little bit more dependability um, in a really good offense. Yeah. And so at nine, you had four net. Are you, are you just assuming Kind of like I was with James Conner, crazy high touch floor, great offense. Yeah, that's what I mean. Super, a lot less risk, super high upside, um, and you know, super high floor. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love him for 2022. That was just an error on my part. He should absolutely be in my top 25. Um, So my tenth guy was Kamara. We talked about him a little bit already. My ninth guy is Jamar Chase. Um, I think. I think that's a little low. I think it's low. Okay, and that, and again, this is. This is where – so my top four guys are running backs. That's and, and of my top eight, six of them are running backs. And that's just – I think that's my redraft mentality coming through. And then mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just my style of play, for better or for worse, I suppose. Well, it's just because you're snake drafting, right? And you know if you don't get one early, yes. it's hard to recover yes. from that. Yes. Yeah. Um, so so I, I have nothing bad to say about the guy. I think he's a 10-targeting-game guy, which, which is what you, everybody's looking for, you know, 170-target pace. I think he's in contention to be the wide receiver one. I mean, I think he, anybody wants to have the guy. I mean, he's, he's incredible. So no knocks on yeah. the guy at all. Uh, so who do you have at eight and seven? All right, so at eight, this is where I got Travis Kelsey. Um, my only tight end to make the list. He makes it all the way up there. I think this is – you know, we always talk about it in, in fantasy football, you know, drafting a tight end in the first round. Um, if you're going to do it, you want to do it, you know, a little bit later in the back end. But he just has so much value now that Tyreek Hill's gone. Um, such a such a, a crutch for, for, for Patrick Mahomes. I think he is just going to 
again, probably one of his last years of, of complete dominance, but he's definitely going to dominate. And then at number seven, I have Najee Harris, just a, a three down monster in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had Najee at 14. I had no knock against him. I just liked the, the guys I had ahead of him better. Um, I think the reason I have him below a guy like James Conner for just 2022 is just their quarterback situations, you know, and then obviously the mm-hmm. whole line in Pittsburgh is, is still kind of rebuilding there. Um, but the touch, the touch floor is just like Fournette. It's, it's crazy high. I would love to have him. I mean, there's, it's <laughs> when you're up here, I mean, it, you're, you're totally just kind of taking your flavor of the week here. Uh, for me at eight, I have Austin Eckler, um, that half point PPR. He is, he's, he's great, you know, in this, in this format. Um, and then at seven, I have Justin Jefferson. So again, probably low for a lot of people. I'm sure you have a much higher. This is just, again, that, that running back philosophy of got to get him while you can and redraft. So, um, but he, he, to me is the most likely non Cooper cup guy to be the number one wide receiver. It, who is that? Jefferson? Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. Jefferson. Yeah. Um, anything to add there yeah, on Eckler, Eckler or Jefferson or? I got Eckler hired. Eckler's, Eckler, yeah. your Eckler's coming. Yeah. You'll see him. Yeah. He's, I'm not he's mad at on his way. All right. So tell me about your six and five. Six and five. Six. I have Justin Jefferson. Five. I have Jamar Chase. Yeah. I mean, okay. just, they're just going to get fed and get a ton of touchdowns. Um, just unstoppable. Yeah. Players. Monsters. So at six for me, I have Joe Mixon at five. I have Cooper cup um, from, for Mixon. I just think the, I think he's in that tier with these guys where he's going to get fed as much as he can handle. That offense is even better going forward. Their offensive line is, is improved. You know, they've spent draft equity. They've spent money. They have done everything they can to improve that O line. You know, Joe Burrow is keeping everybody honest. Obviously Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, one of the best trios in the league. What's not to love. You know, he's just getting mm-hmm. into that, that contract extension. You know, it's, it's a great time. It's going to be a great year for Joe Mixon. I'm, I'm very excited for him. And then Cup, obviously, you know, he's, he's going out to breakfast with uh, Matt Stafford and, you know, putting up a Kelly and putting on the nice face and, you know, oh, you're great. I love you. <laughs> you know, he's, he's playing the game. He's doing whatever he's got to do to get targets. And frankly, that's that's all you can ask for. So is, is Cup and Kelly related? Uh, Are they like brother sister? They, they do yeah. kind of. Might be. <laughs> they might be a long, a long lost uh, brother and sister. Well, yeah, well, you put a wig on. You put a wig on Cup, and it looks like Kelly's. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know what the, they're doing over there. I loved. Uh, I don't know who posted that. You, Mike. I don't know who it was. Uh, the the DK Metcalf and Cooper Cup uh, meme in the group chat. You know, which one of these guys? Oh my God, that was so great. I mean, it's just, just incredible. Love it. Can't be mad at Cooper Cup. Incredible. All right, so who you got at four and three? So four, I got Delvin Cook. And three, I have Austin Eckler. We have the um, same number four. We both have Galvin at number four. Yeah. So for me, Austin Eckler, from a PPR perspective, uh, and in that offense, I think, you know, with Herbert able to, you know, stretch the field, it just opens up so much space for him underneath. Um, and, and he's proven to be, you know, um, just a just an insane weapon on that offense. So in a half-point PPR, full-point PPR, I got him in my number three guy. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not mad at that at all. Um, at four, I've got Galvin. I think he just – he's incredible. Touch floor is there. I think they're going to run him into the ground. I think they're trying to win. I think they have the pieces to, to rebound and – get to that 10 win notch, 10 win mark again. So I think Galvin's going to eat this year. I'm at three. I have Jonathan Taylor, I'm obviously very biased here, but I think the guy's incredible. Love the offense, love the offensive line, 
love that they added Matt Ryan. You know, maybe he gets a couple more receptions. Um, good spot. He's gonna he's gonna eat. Yeah, I definitely think Ryan has has a lot more in the tank. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll touch I'll touch a little bit more on that here in a minute after we finish our list. Okay. Have some like stats. All right, who's your share. second and first guy? All right, so number two, I got Cooper Cup. Um, I think, like we said, he's got a good rapport with Stafford, and, and he showed all last year. He just, no matter what you do to him, you're not stopping him. And then number one, I have Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I think Jonathan Taylor is an absolute monster. Good hands, good feet, gets gets the ball a ton. Just an absolute stud uh, for for 2022. Yeah, um, for me, it, it's Christian McCaffrey. And, and the reason it is, is again, I, I assumed health. And Matt Rule is coaching for his job. And if you're coaching for your job, you get the ball to your best player. You do everything you can to win. And there is no, there's no argument that the best way for Carolina to win is to funnel everything through Christian McCaffrey, hit DJ Moore on slants, throw a couple bombs, be safe as he can. And, and that's what I they think they're going to do. I think he's He's, if he's healthy, I think he's staring at that thousand, a thousand that he was talking about wanting to get a couple of years ago. I mean, the guy, this is the last hurrah though. Like if he, if he's not healthy this year, you know, then to me, that means that he's probably at that cliff, which is kind of hard to believe, but it, it could be, but I'm, I'm going one last time here, CMC. And then at number one, like I said earlier, I got Derek Henry. I think they're just going to feed him. I think they're going to do everything they can to try to make the playoffs this year. One last hurrah with Tannehill and, and see what happens. So yeah, that's a good way. So- I got a yeah good list. I got I got a stat to share. I seen a okay. tweet from um, this guy Aaron Horitz. He said, uh, from a percentage perspective uh, of top twelve fantasy producers by um, by position mm-hmm. uh, in PPR um, by age, right? So if you want to look at where your points coming from in a certain position, there's a heat chart that he built. So the age goes from age twenty one to thirty five plus. And 21% of the top 12 at the position uh, for quarterbacks came at the age of 35 plus, mm-hmm. right? So uh, then, then you had, you know, some about 10% at 25 years old, 10% at 24, 10% at 23. So you get these guys coming in, they get a year or two under their belt. They have some nice explosive years. Then they probably lose <laughs> all of their talent. Right. And then they find themselves in a good position if they can hang around long enough. Um, and then uh, you've seen, a, you know, a big buildup in the running back position, 12, 15, 13, 14, 13 percent. Bulk of the of the production is 22 to 26 years old. So, you know, you look at these guys like Austin Eckler that are getting up there, that Derrick Henry that are getting up in the, you know close to 30 years old. That's where you see like only, you know, five or three percent of the total point scores in the top 12 in running backs. And then it's funny because then you see a shift in wide receivers. It's almost like the wide receivers have, you know, longer before they can kind of get the game, right? And the majority of your points are coming at 25, 26, 27, 28 years old. Uh, You still have 12% of the points coming out of the 28-year-old slot. Uh, And then tight ends are right about the same, um, 25, 26, 27, 28. So, you know, quarterback, it's not bad to have, you know, an older guy for a season. Um, you know, uh, running backs, you get them early and then, you know, wide receivers are, are you know, and tight ends are kind of like that hold and wait, you know, if you draft them in dynasty, or if you want to redraft, look for those guys that are season pros 25 through 28 and chances are you're going to end up in a good position for points. 
Well, I love that. Great nugget. That's great. All right. So pour one out here for the doctor, Uncle Brendan. He's a legit doctor. So this is for you. We're back. Let's go. All right. Top 25 for Dynasty. So we're going to do 25 to 1 here again. I like I like the three. Let's do the three again. Who are your 25 yes. or 23? Keep it in the three range. We will start at 25. 25, I have Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, 27 years old, or 28 years old now, <clears throat> let's say. Um, he's kind of in his prime. Um, new offense, I think we talked about a little bit. 24, I got Stefan Diggs. And 23, I have Jalen Waddle. Love that. Love Waddle being in here. Um, so, obviously, big fan of Tyreek. Made the big move last year. Still disappointed with the KC thing. But that 28, 29, 30, like you were just talking about with your heat map, which I love that. Uh, that that's still prime time. You know, they, they do tail a little bit at 30. Um, but that you're getting three, two great, probably elite years, and then one great year. So, I, I love those those three there. And then Waddle, I love having Waddle in here. Um, I am a little bit worried about his upside, so I had him as my first man out on my list um, just because I don't know what happens with just the target distribution there. Um, I know a lot of people love to hate on Tua. I'm still a fan. I still think he's got it in him, so I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, what course. are they going to do, too? They got Cedric Wilson there. Lots of mouths to feed, you know? <laughs> hey, um, I'm, I'm a Gesicki guy. I'm a big fan of Gesicki. I, I, I like well, him. Look at player. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, a lot of targets to go around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me at 25, I've got, uh, so I got my, I got my defensive guys here first. So my first four players on my list here are, are my difference making defenders. Um, I have two defensive linemen and I have two linebackers. I did not add a DB because DB is just, it's like an absolute gold mine. Um, it's just something I just, I just couldn't add one to this list. So my top two defensive linemen, I got Nick Bosa at 25, Miles Garrett at 24. I think those guys are, are lock and loaded machines that 43 D end. You know, they're, they're going to eat. They're going to be a high tackle, high sack, high pressure, a lot of quarterback hits. You know, you're, you're talking 250-point upside with these two boys. So love those positions there. In Dynasty, that's a, that's an excellent, excellent two players to have there. Um, and then a linebacker, Darius Leonard, hard to be mad at the guy. The guy is, has, has proven to be a machine since he came into the league. Um, and then at 22, I'll add this in as well. Um, my last defender on the list here is Devin White. Uh, I think he's my, my top Dynasty linebacker. Very young. Very athletic, on a great defense. He's a hell of a player. So um, I got I to gotta give a love to my defenders. That's, you know, frankly, the reason I wanted to be in this league and from day one was to play IDP. So um, I do have those four in there, but those are my only defenders in the top 25. Yeah, got it, man. Got it. Yeah, I, I love Misa Devin White uh, coming out of college. I know you really liked him too. I mean, you traded up for him. Yep. I think, who'd you give up for? Did you give up Darius Leonard for him? No, I gave Darius Leonard for DJ Moore. Um, I gave up Carson Wentz, actually, for the pick to take Devin White. Yeah. But yeah. that was when, you know, that was a different time. Carson Wentz was looked at at that time. Sorry about that, everybody. As, uh, you know, as a, as a potential elite quarterback. You know, at one point in time, yeah. he was looked at as the next Mahomes. You know, those, those days are kind of laughable to look back on now. But, but that yeah. was, I mean, for a two-year span, he was the next Mahomes. So, um, but yeah, so who do you got here at 22. Yeah, that bell went off. I thought I once said the secret word or something. <laughs> yeah, um, no, <laughs> my sister is uh, in the midst of, of some great things happening for her at our school district. Uh, very excited for her. Shout out to Holly getting a teaching gig. So she's just excited. She's calling to talk to me about it. 
Oh, uh, 22, 21, 20. What you got there? Yeah, so I got Kyle Pitts coming in at 22, 21 okay. years old, tight end, Dalvin Cook. Uh, and then a guy I think we left off the, the list or maybe could have talked about a little bit, uh, Nick Chubb at 20. Okay, so let's, let's talk about Chubb here before we move on to the other two. Yeah. So, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think Chubb is, is one of those guys that probably just missed the cut on my list for this season. But I think for a dynasty, dynasty perspective, I mean, he's 26 years old. He's kind of, you know, still got a couple of years left in him. Um, but uh, I think he's definitely shown that even with Hunt there, they're trying to take down some of the wear and tear on him. Yeah. So, uh, and he's actually been very productive. I've, you know, I've been surprised being a, a Kareem Hunt owner that, you know, when Nick Chubb is out, Hunt doesn't produce as much as he does when Chubb is in. And I think the same goes for him. So they've been a, a great one-two punch, and as long as they both can stay healthy, I think they both help each other out eventually. Yeah, um, I can tell you right now that if I knew for a fact that Deshaun Washington's Watson was playing 17, Nick Chubb is in my top 25, without a doubt. But the threat of six games of Jacoby Brissett is just – it was too much for me to consider him. I had him right in that you know 25 to 30 range. I think he's a great player. I think he's one of the best actual running backs in the NFL as far as just being a pure running back, getting the job done. Nick, Nick Chubb is incredible. Um, so you also had Pitts here at 22 and Cook at 21. You want to talk about those guys a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we talked about Cook a little bit before. Uh, I would have him a lot higher. You know, I had him, I think, or was it on the other list? I had him top five um, for this season. But he is 27 years old, uh, so I think that kind of knocks him down on, on my list. You know, you know, just talk a little bit about how I built my list is, again, I looked at half-point PPR. I didn't see any defensive players really over any of these these guys, these kind of top 25 dynasty guys. So all my team, all, all of my guys are offense. Um, but I do think that Delvin is hurt a little bit just by him being kind of at the end of his row, 27, going on 28. So uh, that's why he's down here, 21. And then Pitts, um, you know, every, everybody is – infatuated with Kyle Pitts. I mean, how could you not be? He's a, he's a unicorn, but you know, I, I, I also have Pitts in here. Um, I think I have him, I have him at 20. So we are right about here. The, the same mark here. You got him at 22. Um, obviously they just drafted Drake London. Who knows if Mariota can resurrect himself. You know, I was listening to a pod uh, a couple of days ago and they were talking about how, you know, when you look back on it, Mariota never really got a fair shake. You know, he played with a coach who got fired Multiple yeah. offensive coordinators. His best weapon was Corey Davis. You know, he had no elite offensive line to speak of. It was, this was pre-Derrick uh, Henry. This is when DeMarco Murray was there doing that weird little end of his career dance that he did. Um, and I guess I could see their point. Um, but I don't think he's really set up to succeed here. You know, bad offensive line, rookie wide receiver, second-year tight end, not a whole lot other than them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but but long term, I know Corey's over there just just getting after it right now with a little party in his pants over Kyle Pitts. But you know, it, he's just, it's one of those situations where they've got to throw somebody, and you might as well throw to you know, your twenty one year old unicorn tight end. And when you when you when you don't have a great quarterback with a big arm, and you know you need to get the ball to somebody and get out of your hands quick, it's usually the tight end that benefits in those situations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at twenty one, I have a feeling this is going to be a surprise, and I. And thinking that I am just higher on him than everyone not named Corey. Um, I have Michael Pittman here. And a lot of that has to mm. do with him just being on that arc of progression, right? So he's, he's 500, 600 yards as a rookie. 
right about 1106 last year. They add Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan over his career has made fantasy studs at wide receiver. I mean, if you remember back to Roddy, obviously Julio over the last decade. I mean, he has made players, and they're good players. I'm not saying that they're not. But Michael Pittman is, is not quite a Julio Jones. But he, to me, is absolutely a Roddy White-type talent. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to eat. I think he's going to have a, a breakout. I think he's looking, you know, 13, 14, and 10 this year. I mean, he's that good in that offense. They, they have to respect Jonathan Taylor. They have a great offensive line. I think that his his everything's lined up for him to absolutely explode this year. So, I'm, so I've, I've got Pittman there, and that's that's probably high. You know, I, every every list I looked at, he was in the 30s. So it's, it's very high compared to, you know, what uh, Dynasty rankings have him. But I, I guess I'm just trying to excite Corey. I'm just, I'm just feeling it. Yeah. I, I like Pittman, too. I'm big on Pittman. And most of the lists that I've looked at had him really low. Yeah. Um, I had him in my top 30. Okay. All right, so I had Pitts at 20. So let's jump. You had Nick Chubb there. So let's jump to your 19, 18, 17. Yeah, so uh, some young talent, um, some guys on the bounce back a little bit, some guys who are going through some change. I got A.J. Brown at 19. I got Saquon Barkley at 18 and Cam Akers at 17. Okay. So A.J. Brown, obviously on my list, um, but uh, it's, it's going to be a while. I got a little bit of a, <laughs> a, little bit of a thing going here <laughs> for A.J. Brown. Um, so tell me again, you're 18 and 17. I'm sorry, I, I got excited when you said AJ. Uh, yeah, Saquon and Cam Akers. Saquon and Akers. Okay. Um, so for me, uh, just a little bit about AJ Brown. You know, I, I love, I love the fact that he is a guy who has already been in a run-first offense and already produced at elite level. I don't think it changes. I think his his target volume is probably similar, and I think his ability level is the same. I just think they're going to use him the same. I think he's the same guy. Love him. I think he's a monster. But I also have a thing for, you know, big, thick wide receivers. I think he's good. He's a great player. Uh, Saquon is not in my top 25 dynasty list. And, again, it's just I don't I don't know what to think. The, the team's bad. You know, I, I don't see Daniel Jones as the option. They've got questions all along their offensive line. They have the most expensive wide receiver room in the entire NFL and have some of the least amount of results for their money in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. So. I, I don't know what to think, and I'm just scared of the situation. I hope for his sake that he's back to, you know, say quad, and he's incredible with 60 catches, and I hope he is because I think it's good for the NFL. I think it's good for running backs as a whole to have him, you know, and all these running backs to, to kind of come back and, and maybe breathe some life into running back in the NFL, but I just – I struggle to see it. Uh, I think yeah. Cam at 17, I, I think he's a good player. I really do. Um, he looked really good in that first game back, and then he kind of just looked pedestrian, but that offense – and offense is cre- or pedestrian over the playoffs. Um, sorry, these uh, he, he came back from an Achilles. I don't yes. know how much you can really seven expect, months, but he came back from an Achilles. Like he looks, he, he looks like you know, given this time over the summer, I think he's going to be really good. But the guy's 23 years old, yeah. So yeah. I think there's lots of lots of hope and upside. And if I could just touch on the AJ Brown thing, yeah, just to kind of bounce off of you, you know, um. Again, he came from maybe not having a great quarterback, but a quarterback that got the ball to him a lot. But you know, he's gonna he's gonna have Jalen Hurts, um, and as much as he is good fantasy, uh, he's the twenty he through. He was number twenty as far as passing yards. Um, he had a sixteen touchdown and nine pick ratio. So unless you think that you know a third of the offense, forty percent of the offense passing. Um, is going to go through A.J. Brown, then I don't really see him having that great of a year, which is why he didn't make my 2022 season list. 
but well, we'll see how they adjust. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that's fair. You know, I'm not, I'm not certainly not going to argue it. Um, I just think as far as his role, I think it's the same. I think he runs a lot of slants, you know, stop routes, quick outs, a couple deep routes here and there. I, I don't know. I just got a, a hard on for the guy. Jeff and I argued about the uh, acquisition cost that Corey paid. I believe Corey has him now. Uh, that Corey had paid to get A.J. Brown last year. I was all for it. I'm like, absolutely, fire it away. Let's go. You know, I but I'm mm-hmm. I just got I've got a man crush. Let's call it what it is. Uh 19 for me. Uh you and I definitely see this differently. I have always looked at quarterbacks in the HFFL as something that is a must-have if you want to win a title. I just the early results, I'd, I'd have to run the data again. I haven't done it in the last four or five years, but the early results were. If you didn't have a top five quarterback, you were not winning an HFFL title, period. Um, and I've kind of taken that to heart, you know, that five-point passing touchdown. And then you add a guy with a rushing floor like a Kyler Murray, who I have at 19. Um, I think the, this, the sky is the limit. Obviously, losing um, New Hopkins for the first six is, is going to crush him. You know, that's – but in Dynasty, I absolutely love the outlook. I think that Arizona is going to spend every asset they can to put everything around him that they can. And I think he's going to eat. I love him at 19 there. I'm at eight. I'm sorry. Who was that? Kyler Murray. Gotcha. Um, At 18, I've got Tyreek. Kind of like we talked about earlier. He's right at the, you know, he's at at the moment. He's in that peak zone, 28 years old, 28, 29, absolute peak, 30. He's going to tail off a little bit. Um, Could be just a little bit of uh, acquisition bias here, but I I need him to be good. And I'm going to will it into existence here by putting him at 18. 17, I have Najee, um, probably lower than a lot of people, and it's just fears over that offense long-term. I don't – I'm not a Kenny Pickett guy. I know Ryan was. They did that pod. You know, he's big on Kenny Pickett. Um, this mm-hmm. draft class feels very similar to that EJ Manuel, Geno Smith class, um, and I don't know that Pickett's that guy. So he certainly has the weapons around him. I mean, the Steelers have some of the best weapons in the entire NFL, but their offensive line is still trash. So we'll see. That's for sure. I guess my point would be with that, though, if we're doing a, a dynasty startup, are you taking a, a quarterback in the first two rounds? And that's that's a very fair point. In a super flex, absolutely. And this is not a super flex. I 100% agree with what you're saying. No, I am not taking a quarterback in the first round or first two rounds. But I'll be the first to tell you that I do not have – I have four quarterbacks on this list just because in the HFFL they have proven to be – so valuable. Um, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I a hundred percent see your argument. I just, I guess when I was making this list, so maybe I, maybe I would, you know, in a dynasty league with five point passing touchdowns, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I know that I don't like, for example, somebody was, I was talking to somebody. I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Corey. I'm not sure. We were talking about the Herbert and Mahomes and, you know, would you ever trade Mahomes? Like there's literally, I'm not trading Mahomes. Like I'm just not going to do it. Because Wait, you mean that when you offered me a, a, a first-rounder in Mahomes for Trevor, you were lying? What was this? <laughs> right, is right, right after <laughs> I drafted him or something like I that. I did offer Mahomes. I did, I did, oh, yeah, I do love Trevor. I did offer Mahomes to, again, Brendan, um, back in the day for a second, and he declined. So, thank you, thank you, Brendan. Woof. But, yeah, yep, that, was, uh, that sucks. It's just, it's just one of those things. You know, in this league, in this format, I guess knowing what I know now, maybe I would. You know, so I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm just going to go with yes because it helps my list here. <laughs> All right, 16, 15, 14, who you got? All right, I got some rookies, <clears throat> some guys we've never seen play in the NFL yet. Wow. Uh, I got Ken- Kenneth Walker uh, at 16. I got Brees Hall at 15 and Antonio Gibson at 14. Okay, I like that. Tell me about these rookies. 
Yeah, so uh, Kenneth Walker, I think, has just shown a tremendous amount of talent. But over and above that, his landing spot is pretty premium. Uh, it's an offense that likes to run the football. It's an offense that's going to have a new quarterback. Um, I think, you know, he easily gets the starting job and just gets fed the ball. Um, he's 21 years old, uh, and I think he's an elite talent. Okay. Um, um, go ahead with Brees. Yeah, Brees is probably even a better athlete. Uh, has a little bit of competition with Carter, but guy's 20 years old. And honestly, you'll, you'll I'll talk a little bit more about it later, but I, I kind of like what the Jets are doing for the future. Okay. Okay. It's, it's nice to hear that as an NFL fan, just, you know, maybe the Jets are relevant for a little while because it gives hope as Lions fans that uh, there is a possibility someday. Um, then you have Gibson at 14. I think that's definitely one for us to discuss. Um, I did not have Gibson in either of my top 25 lists. Um, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think about Gibson that's got him here at 14? Um, I think he's a, a three down back. I think he catches a lot of balls. He's young. Um, and I think he has a, a pretty bright future in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think he's a good player. Um, I don't like that they brought Mac, back McKissick. I don't like that they spent, you know, a third-round pick on a running back. Or was it third for James Robinson? Or not Robinson. What was his name? The Alabama guy? Oh, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson, yes. Um, yeah, Brian, Brian's a good back. I but think you have to – I think teams have to be more cautious now with running backs. Yeah. You have to have a deep, a deep running back room. Um, one, because running backs get injured. Right. Uh, but two – uh, you got to be able to spell your running back to save their legs because, you know, you got these guys that go out and, you know, dominate the first few games and then they just run them into the ground and they got nothing for the playoffs or the end of the yeah. season. So you got to have a deep running back room. And I think a lot of teams are starting to recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, one thing too, that I want to point out with my list as heavy as I was at running back in my redraft list, I'm kind of the opposite here with the dynasty list. Um, I have, just for example, I have two running backs on the remainder of my list, and that is it. Jeez. Yeah, buddy. So, <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of mine was focused also on age. You know, age, opportunity, ceiling, skill set, team. You know, I think probably in that order. Uh, oh, I like kind of the way I looked at it. So. I can't count. I had three, but still, um, for me, it was if I'm starting a dynasty startup today, and in five years, I'm holding these guys. What do I got? I actually didn't think five. I thought three. But just the yep. – I, I just wanted to I, – I did a startup roughly four years ago now, and I, I kind of went with this method. Um, and I loved the way that my team turned out because at the end of the day, when you have rookie picks, being able to add a running back that's going to give you production right away year one is much easier than adding that, that same production from a wide receiver. It's just if you can build that core with that wide receiver – it it's just seems to be much easier sailing in well, my experience. They last longer too. Yes. And, yes. And, you know, they don't produce right away, right? Unless no. you nope. you have, you know, just an absolute stud, but they're gonna last longer for you yes. and be a bit more um uh dependable, predictable. Yeah, yeah. All right, so 16 for me, I have T. Higgins, a uh, big fan. I really love that he's attached to Burrow. I really love that Jamar Chase is opposite him to, to kind of draw attention. You know, he still was absolutely fed. I kind of thought that they would all vulture each other, um, but the way it kind of worked out was Tyler Boyd just took a back seat. So 
big fan of him long-term. Uh, 15, I have Stefan Diggs. Again, you kind of talked about that heat map. I love that he's right in the, the heart of it, playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Um, and then at 14, I have Debo. Um, and this is on – this is, to me, on the theory that he is going to see less rushing attempts for less wear and tear, and they're just going to feed him in the passing game. He's just going to absolutely eat at the shallow and intermediate level, and, and he's going to stare at, you know, 140, 150 targets – Plus that two carries a game. I, I think he's dynasty wise. He, he's a great asset to have right now. Then you had him at 14. I'm at 14. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's pretty good. I got him at 13. Okay. Well, yeah. We're right on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So if we know you're 13, do you want to add something to Debo or, or move from move from? No, I, I think we touched on Debo uh, 12. I have T Higgins. Okay. Um, so we're really close there as well. Uh, guys, 23 years old, lots, lots, lots ahead of them. Um, and then at 11, I have Cooper Cup. Um, and that's strictly that low because the man is 29 years old, and I think he probably has another two or three years of this type of production. Um, I mean, he stays on the list. He just continues to move down as he gets older. But uh, Cooper Cup at number 11. Yeah, um, so for me at 13, I have Mark Andrews. Um, him and Kyle Pitts are my only two tight ends on this list. Um, Mark Andrews. I said it a couple years ago, you know, that he might be my dynasty tight end one. That was in 2020. He sucked in 2020. Uh, 2022 or 2021, though, huge rebound. You know, a lot of that, though, was without Lamar. I openly admit that. But, you know, he he's just a great player. I mean, this is something that I got to eat some crow. Um, we, we were I was at Ryan's house when Mark Andrews was drafted. Um, he's one of his buddies. I can't remember his name. I think his name's Josh. Um, he literally lo- loves Oklahoma, literally named his kid Baker, like absolutely obsessed. He was, talking about, he was talking about how great Mark Andrews was. And I was like, fuck you, Mark Andrews sucks. You know, I think we bet a dollar on something, and I lost, of course, because Mark Andrews was good. Um, but, I mean, it's just the guy can play. You know, they, they traded Hollywood. He's going to eat, you know, and uh, this is definitely um, – what's his name there? The kid from Minnesota. Help me out. The wide receiver – Played for the Gophers, went to Baltimore last year in the first round. Oh, Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Bateman. Yes. I think it's a good time to buy Rashad Bateman. Obviously, probably not now in this league, but, you know, if you're in other leagues and people aren't quite paying attention, Bateman, you know, he might jump right into, you know, Hollywood's 23, 24% market share. That's a, that's a great spot to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Andrew's at 13. Again, sticking with my theme of, of really feeling these quarterbacks. I got Justin Herbert at 12. Um, just – all the tools are there for him to be dominant for the next decade plus. Um, and then at 11, this was the running back I missed when I was trying to count. I do have Joe Mixon at 11, 25 this year, 26 next year, 27 the year after. You know, he's, he's going to be elite the next two years. He's going to have a good year the year after, all assuming health, obviously. Just think that uh, being attached to that offense as their primary running back is, is a hell of a place to be right now. That's, that offense is sexy going forward so it really is it's amazing what like you know a stud quarterback stud wide receiver you know what i mean like yeah. when you get when you get those top picks and and you you, you know in the first and second hit. round you yeah. hit on them yeah it's amazing what it does for your football team for yeah. sure it's a lot it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch i'm excited as a football fan to watch that team mm-hmm. all right what do you got for 10 9 and 8 yeah so again we're running the same wavelength joe mixon at 10 um i got the 24 year old dk metcalf at nine and an eight, Christian McCaffrey. Okay. So we're very similar here. This is good. I had AJ Brown at nine because I was just having a great time with him, partying my pants, acting like Corey. Um, I kind of thought that I was being a homer. I had DK at nine here, or at, excuse me, at 10. Um, you having him at nine, I, 
I think the talent is there. Obviously, losing Russell Wilson crushes him for this year. I'm very hopeful that Baker or Jimmy goes there just to give him some semblance of a competent quarterback. Uh, and But hopefully he just says bye and pieces out on him or they trade him, you know, kind of like the NFL has really turned into fantasy the last uh, two off seasons. So it's been really fun uh, to see. So, <laughs> yes. You know, maybe he gets uh, gets to play a couple years with Aaron Rodgers or something. Who knows? You know, who knows what can happen? So um, I still got him at 10. I think that the talent is undeniable. Um, and then with your CMC at eight, um, I have CMC at seven. You and I are both on the same page there. You know, he's still only 25, which is crazy to me. Um, and I do know that running backs at the cliff, and I do know he's only played 10 games the last two years, but the talent is absolutely there. He's a game-breaking player, one of the only game-breaking players there is at running back. You know, he's just uh, – he's a lot of fun. I'm, I wish I had him. I'm just too cheap to buy him off of Ryan. I don't want to pay the price that he's worth. So. Oh, geez, it's so much. It is so much money to buy him off Ryan. Yeah, well, <laughs> give me an injury discount, Ryan. Come on. Yeah, um, and then at eight, I have C.D. Lamb, uh, which is kind of funny because I don't have him in my top 25 redraft. But apparently I love him in Dynasty and hate him in redraft. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I just just blew that one. That was just a mistake. Um, C.D., good player. You know, could be a great player. I'm, I'm not really sure. I thought he was a great player going into last year. You know, now I'm not so quite so sure that he is the elite guy that I thought he was. And, and this year he'll definitely tell us. I, I think after this year he's either in that top five in Dynasty rankings or he's down in that low 20s, you know, high 30s. I, I don't know that there's much in between for him this year. He's either got to – he's going to blow up or he's going to be what he was last year. And if he was what he was last year, you know, he's, he's going to catch some heat. So, uh, targets are there, though. Amari Cooper's gone. You know, they, they're going to feed well, him. He, he, also, he also played a majority of the season without Dak. Right. Right. Was that last so, year? I thought that was two years ago. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. That, that was two years ago. Um, <clears throat> but they struggled last year on offense. Yeah, plain as yeah they did. Yep. Um, so it's hard to get anything going. Um, the guy still scored 200 points last year um, as a you know, wide receiver, and uh, which puts him top 13 um, for the season. Right. So I think uh, C.D. Lamb is, is has a lot to come, and he's my number seven is C.D. Lamb. Um, and then I go number six to Javante Williams Oof. and number five, DeAndre Swift. Okay. So let's let's talk Javante because this is the one Corey and I actually had this conversation the other day because um, I was listening to footballers and, and they were talking about how high they had Javante. And I, I, again, being in this grad class, I'm kind of out of the loop. I've really only listened to the footballers pod as far as, you know, just football content goes. And they hadn't talked about him a ton. You know, they, but then they said, you know, I've got him in my top. 10 for 2022 or something like that. And this was before um, Melvin Gordon signed back there. And I was just yeah. like taken aback, like, holy shit. Like people have Javante that high, like, damn. Well, yeah, then I look I at am. dynasty list and I'm the one that's different. I, I do not have Javante in my, or Javante in my top 25 for dynasty. I, again, I'm, I'm kind of hating on running backs here, but yeah. whew, I mean, it's, maybe it's a mistake. It may well be, a, you know, obviously over one of these defenders, you know, Matt says it all the time, and I think he's 100% right. In a one-for-one -one trade, you never trade offense for defense one-for-one -one as the guy getting the defender. Um, you know, I, I kind of made a deal like that a few years back with Darius Leonard for DJ Moore. So, you know, in the end, at the end of the day, would I trade a Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Darius Leonard, Devin White? Would I trade them for Javante Williams? Obviously. Um, but, man, people are high on this guy. Like, I hope you guys – hope you guys are right. Like, again, this is good for running backs. So, he – a month ago, turned 22 years old. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
with the touches he got last year carrying the ball, he averaged four and a half yards per carry. Um, he started to see a bit more action around the goal line, and he had 41 catches with the time that he split. So from my perspective, this kid has a lot of tread on the tire, right, because he even split time when he was in college um, with uh, Michael Carter, I believe, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, he's got a, a lot of, a lot of tread on the tire. I think he's got a lot to give the fantasy owner who owns him, And I don't think Melvin Gordon's going to be there forever. So if you get your hands on Javante Williams, you be patient and you wait for that, for his time to shine and you'll get paid off. And in the meantime, you take a, you know, uh, you know, a top 25, you know, seasonal guy. Um, and then eventually you'll have a top five guy. So um, I think uh, I, I'm pretty high on him. I think he's got good size, good speed, good hands, um, all the tools to be successful. I, I think I'm just a hater. I think that's just what it's boiling down to here. Um, so historically speaking, I'm, I'm, I tried to look it up while you were talking. I'm trying to you know rem- remember back here. Has Russ ever really been a feed the, the running back on the dump off type of guy? Because I, I can't think of a running back in the Russ lineage who, you know, back to, you know, Thomas Rawls. I know they tried CJ pro and that didn't work out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of, was there a running back, you know, in that, you know, JD McKissick vein, you know, someone who, who caught 50, 60, 70 passes from Russ. I just can't picture it. I just don't think it's happened. 50, 60, 70 catches. I mean, obviously 70 catches is a lot, but let's just say 50. Yeah. Like did, uh, did Marshawn Marshawn catch that? I thought Marshawn yeah. caught like 30. I thought that well, was always the knockout. Towards the end of his career, I mean, there was one year, 2013, he caught 55 balls. Okay, okay. So that's and that's um, what I was trying to to remember, you know. And, and again, for me, it's it's that he's splitting. He's splitting with Melvin. I love the offense. I love having Russ. I love the playmakers on the edge. They have a decent offensive line. It's just I don't. I'm a hater. I'm gonna put it out there. I'm a hater. Sorry, sorry, Corey. I apparently I love your other guy. I hate him. Um, and then you got Swift at five. You know, I yeah. I can't knock it. I'm hating on running backs today, so I did not put him in my top 25. Uh, just because if I'm starting up a, a team here, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get burned by carry on 2.0, and he's not carry on. I know, but I'm just salty. Uh, so six for me, I had Josh Allen. Five, I had Pat Mahomes. Again, this is this is probably high. I've probably been looking too much at the uh, waffle rankings here. You made a great point. You know, would you actually take these guys in a single quarterback with our our stats? Would you actually take them five six? You know. I, I don't know, but I would take them high. I know that just, just knowing what you know about the league. Um, but I've got those two boys up there. Cause they're just those guys that you got them. They're untradeable. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pillars of your team for the next decade. Uh, so who do you got at four? Najee Harris. Najee. Okay. And I had, what did I have Najee? I had Najee at 17. So we got to, again, that's just me being a hater. So Najee, you're a big fan long-term. Now is this just a Bama connection thing? I mean, I, I, I watched a shit ton of him, right? I've seen right. I've seen what he has in the tank, uh, and I got to watch him last year. I mean, he's a he's a monster out there, right? People, I, I, I say this every time. I'm a broken record. He's an inch shorter and maybe five pounds lighter, through fifteen pounds, uh, ten to fifteen pounds lighter than than Derrick Henry. Right? He's a monster of a man. So, um, and he's he's got you know good feet, good hands. He's just one of those guys, like you said, you get in your team, you don't trade him in for another two or three years. <laughs> and then you, then you move on when he's 27. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And then who do you got at three? 
Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, okay. Just a freak of nature uh, wide receiver. Just makes all the catches. Um, as a quarterback, they can get him the ball. It's uh, He's just a stud. Yeah, love him. Um, I was talking to Jeff, just kind of light bullshitting, seeing if he would trade Justin Jefferson. He's obviously not going to. Don't blame him. No. Um, I actually have Jefferson at one. Um, I think he's my top dynasty asset at this point in time. Um, I mean, nothing more to say. You know, Kirk feeds him. He's shown it multiple seasons. You know, it's not just the one elite player, young. I mean, he just he's literally everything you look for when you're starting a dynasty team. He is the dude. Uh, so he got a two and one. So at two for me, I got Jamar Chase. And at one, I have Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Um, and I, I can see switching them. Yep. I could see switching them just due to the longevity of a wide receiver over a running back. Yep. But to have a stud like Jonathan Taylor in there in your lineup uh, at this point in his career, I think outweighs the longevity of Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I had JT at three, Chase at two, and, and Jefferson at one. So I think we're, we're, we got the same top three here. So, yeah, all right, good list there. All right, so let's let's move on a little bit here to the rookie diamonds in the rough. So the way that we defined this was what players drafted in the third round or later of the NFL draft do you think are going to hit? You know, what about these players is that? So go ahead. Who is this for you? I feel like I maybe mailed this in because it's kind of obvious, I feel. But Nicobe uh-huh. Dean, um, linebacker Georgia, picked uh, 83rd overall in the third round. Um, Eagles needed linebackers bad. I mean, there's that kid on the draft where he's like, just draft a linebacker. Right? <laughs> and, uh, so definitely everybody says round one talent fell due to size concerns, injury concerns. I didn't see an issue last year with the size and speed. Um, you know, uh, I've seen, we've seen recently, right. Undersized linebackers having a lot of success. We've seen people putting strong safety hybrid linebackers in the box and making a ton of tackles and being very productive yeah. off the edge and in blitz packages and getting sacks. So I think Nicobe Dean fell way too far for my liking. Um, but, you know, maybe Scott's no more than me. They do no more than me, but I just feel like this was a miss on a lot of teams' parts. Yeah. Bobby Wagner is listed at six foot 240. I'm not sure he's 240. Um, and he's been doing it for a decade. I mean, and the guy, he was considered undersized. Mm-hmm. He's just – Nicobe Dean is that – He's that type of talent. I agree with you. That's, that's a hell of a play, hell of a pick there. Um, I actually, my favorite guy, Ryan and I have, have talked about this quite a bit. Uh, for me, it's David Bell. I love that he is attached to Deshaun Watson. I love that he's on a team that behind Amari Cooper has a wide open depth chart. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, a couple other scrubs. You know, there's nobody there that's really scary. I mean, it, I would not be surprised personally, you know, if he's, he's in there starting in their two wide sets, you know, by, by the winter, you know, he, he's that good. Um, absolute dominator in college, early declare, you know, crazy body control. You know, he's just, he's everything that I look for. You know, I, I don't, I love, I love height, weight, speed. Love it. Big fan. He's not that guy. Um, but the analytic You're guy. You're not that guy, pal. You're not no, that guy. He's not that guy. <laughs> but the analytic guy in me absolutely loves a player like David Bell. This is a hell of a spot for him. So I, I'm very excited. Um, I got the League of Legends draft coming up here in the next couple of weeks. I got the 16th pick. If he's there, that's going to be the guy, no doubt. So, it's crazy to look at these guys like uh, these pages now, and to see these guys being born in two thousand. Yeah, is yeah. like blowing yeah. my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember? Um, actually, Lashawn McCoy was the guy for me. Where you look at a player and it, you're like, oh yeah, we're young as fuck. Like you know, I'm drafting players my age, 
And then you got to the point to where you're like, fuck, I'm not drafting players. My, you know, I wouldn't touch a player my age. I wouldn't touch a running back. Mm-hmm. I, it was LaShawn McCoy for me. Yeah. Uh, Bro, oh, he's old as dirt. He's yeah, old as exactly. dirt. And I'm five <laughs> years older than him. <laughs> <laughs> he was 26. I shipped him out and I was like, I'll never fucking have a 26 year old running back again. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Oh, oh. man. It's like it's like two years after this guy was born, I graduated high school. Like, <laughs> I Jesus. Know. I know. Oh, man. It's going by quick. It is going by quick. All right. Our, our last thing that we had here was our uh, NFL draft, our GM king. Oh, no, Jimmy, we're missing. We're missing one. Oh, what did I miss? We said a talented player that you, fell, that you think fell in the draft oh. for some reason. Perfect. Fired up. Yeah. I so so I, had, I had another player. Go ahead. But I think I think maybe wasn't a diamond in the rough, but can be. I think he fell way too far. Um, it's Jalen Armour Davis. Uh, Got to give my Bama guy some love. Cornerback. Yep. Uh, he was pick one nineteen to the Ravens. You know, Ravens love to take their Bama guys, and I think it was a steal. Um, guy six one, two hundred pounds, runs a four three nine forty. Great ball skills. Really sure tackler, and that's one of the things I think why Bama guys go. Uh, and are attractive is that they, you know, when they get their hands on you, you you're going to the turf. Um, he was the 14th quarterback taken and I had him in the top eight. Um, so I'm a little shocked that he went that low, but uh, the Ravens did trade up to get him. Um, now, a lot of the things people don't like about him and the reason that maybe he fell is he started for only one year. Cause he kind of got back buried behind certain and some other guys that had a lot of, a lot of, you know, high stars, a lot of talent, but he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, but suffered an injury his freshman year. Um, he's got short arms and what they say, tight hips, but I don't think, you know, that makes a football player. So uh, I think it's a really nice pick for Baltimore. And I think he just fell a little too far just for, you know, people being a little bit picky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. Uh, for me, I had Isaiah Spiller. Um, he fell to the fourth round, pick 123, goes to the Chargers, obviously landing an elite offense like that. Um, you know, this is a guy at one time that was looked at as, you know, the potential running back one in this class. And mm-hmm. he just kind of fell out of favor um, over the last year and a half or so. But, yeah, um, Texas what? A&M struggled last year, though. So yeah, I think it's yeah. just, you know, when a team struggles, and I always hate this, when a team struggles, they like the quarterback draft stock gets hurt, the Heisman stock, right? Um, you know, you lose a game and it's like, right. wow, you're not, you can't obviously you can't be the best player in the country because you lost the game or some shit. <laughs> right. You know, so like these guys struggle a little bit. I think we've seen uh, guys like, um, oh, what was his name from Stanford? The running back got hurt. Yeah, he was going to be, you know, RB1. So, you know, it's just interesting to see what happens with some of these guys just for, you know, just a little hiccup in their college careers. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, anytime you can attach to, you know, an elite offense, they've really spent a ton on their O line the last couple of years, too. Um, I think he's a hell of a player to, to take a dart throw on in our, our league would probably be the second round. I would imagine that he goes. So, you know, that's, that's the kind of running back that if you're throwing a dart, why the hell not? Right. I mean, who better to tell uh, So, all right. So NFL draft GM King here. So we define this as uh, which running, which NFL team do you think absolutely destroyed the draft? So Rich, I'll let you go ahead and take honors here. Yeah. So this is where I said, I'd come back to the Jets and Joe Douglas. Um, they, they had, Four picks in the top 36, so you'd like to think maybe it was hard to fuck up. But uh, <laughs> I think they did a fantastic job. Um, they went out, you know, four took Sauce Gardner. Then they went and got Garrett Wilson and Jermaine Johnson, who I think could be possibly the best pass rusher in the draft. Um, and then Brees Hall, uh, 36. I think just those four picks alone just 
kind of set them up with some great young talent at, at, at much needed valued positions. Um, and then <clears throat> they finished off with some picks in the hundreds uh, and got, you know, a, another defensive end, Michael Clemens, OT Mac Mitchell from Louisiana and Jeremy Rucker, the tight end from Ohio state. So I think they got a, a lot of talent. I, everything I've seen, you know, they grade out to an A and I think, you know, the last three years, some of the moves that Joe's made and moving Darnold and, and whatnot, I think has been a, a, a nice change to the Jets. And I really see them on the uptick. Yeah, I love that. Uh, like we talked about earlier, it's, it's, it would be fun to see the Jets be relevant. Um, I, honestly, I can't, I can't recall a time in my life where the Jets, you know, it was the, the Sanchez era there with, uh, with Rex Ryan was fun for a minute. Um, mm -hmm. and when, when I was real young, Vinny Testaverde moments were, were fun for a minute. Um, but they, they've been in the, the doormat for a long time. And, and as a Lions fan, you root for those guys. Like I find myself rooting for the Browns all the freaking time. Like you just, you just want to see the shit teams pull out, yeah. you know, just give you a little. Yeah. Hey, but, but look at this. You got Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it looks good, man. It's great it on paper. Good. That's the yeah. picture. It's great on paper. Uh, for me, it was Howie Roseman uh, with the Eagles. Uh, going into the draft, they had four major needs, you know, D-tackle, wide receiver, corner, linebacker. Um, they trade a first and third this year to get a first next year, second in 2024. Or no, excuse me, they traded a first. They got a third this year, a first next year, and a second in 2024. I mean, they have been kind of rolling over draft assets like this for the last couple of years, which is why they continue to have multiple picks in the first, you know, day one and day two it seems like they're always picking multiple players here. Um, obviously they take uh, Jordan Davis, you know, just a freak. I mean, he just, it's so fun to watch the videos of him. Like it's just, it's what I feel like would happen to me if I was playing O-line in the NFL, what Jordan Davis does to people, just like <laughs> a stiff punch in the jaw, O-lineman down and a running back is just like, well, fuck this. I'm out. Like I'm, I'm bailing out. Like, no. You know, then obviously the trade for A.J. Brown, you know, we've been kind of talking. That's been my theme for the night. Love A.J. Brown. Love what they gave up for him. Did they have to give him a huge deal? Yeah. But, you know, whatever. At least you know what you got, right? What a crazy trade on draft day. Yeah. I see, see guys, see, see studs, yeah. young studs being moved on draft day. I love it. I love it. Um, and then you you talked about it, you know, already with Nicole Dean, you know, falling to the third round with those size concerns and a pec injury concern or whatever. But the guy's already participating in OTAs. Clearly he's fine. So it's just – it, it just, you know, the Eagles, they're kind of like Baltimore. You know, they just kind of snag players, it seems like. Um, and then, you know, they draft a, a very solid Cam Jurgens there in the second round. He's going to take over for Jason Kelly when Chelsea when he retires. It gives him a little interior depth. And then, you know, just being savvy after the draft, they waited out the Giants. Everyone in the NFL knew the Giants were going to cut James Bradbury, and he's been a good starter, you know, over the last four or five years. And they get him for, you know, this, this funny money five-year contract, which is an inevitably just a one-year, seven-and-a-half million deal. Um, but just, I just love what the Eagles did and, you know, the ball is in Jalen Hurts' court. You know, if he, he has the tools around him to ball out, they've got the O-line, they've got the, the players in the backfield, they've got the weapons on the edge, they have everything. So it's totally up to him. And, and as a guy who likes Jalen Hurts, I do hope that he's able to get that done. You know, it'd be a, it'd be a fun story. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he can turn into more of a passer this year and, and, you know, have some success through the air. Yeah. you know, get his feet. I know it took him a while um, in college and, and maybe it's just, you know, his work ethic just has to come through. Uh, and I think this is what now his third year. So yeah. 
we'll we'll see if he can make it get it done. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for the Eagles. I just I just always seem to find myself kind of rooting for those boys. So, Rich, as long as we're not throwing batteries at you, right? Boo, boo, <laughs> I've, never, I've, I've never gone to Philly. We didn't get that far in the uh, stadium tour. So <laughs> someday I'm sure I'll get uh, abused and I'll have a different feeling about the Eagles. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, brother. This was fantastic. Everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we sure enjoyed being back on here. It's been a long time coming. Um, I'm hoping to get back into a little bit more regular action here. Um, and we are going to be fired away here in the next uh, six, six, seven weeks. So let's, let's yeah. light it up, boy. Let's go. Yeah, great hang with you guys. All right. Talk to you guys later.